From the pitch, swung at a little too soon. Strike three, you're out. To the joke told at the wrong time. To barely missing your connecting flight. This is the final boarding call for flight 109 to Chicago. Timing is everything. The same is true for your social security benefits. Take them too soon and you can leave a lot of money on the table. Take them too late and you might spend down too much of your savings. Everybody's situation can be different. But taking your Social Security benefits at the right time is important for your retirement success. Philip Statler at Statler Financial understands Social Security and can help you make decisions that are best for you and your retirement dreams. Call 863-285-3815 to start optimizing your benefits. With Social Security, timing is everything, so don't delay. Call Philip Statler at Statler Financial today. 863-285-3815. That's 863-285-3815. Our firm offers insurance services and is not affiliated with the U.S. government. Advisory services offered through Statler Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisory. Get into it. It's time to look at your money and see how your IRA and 401k are faring this morning. Not too bad yesterday. See if we can keep the momentum going today. Downtown, the offices of Statler Financial Services in Sebring, we go, where Philip Statler is standing by. Philip, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dave. Actually, uh, sitting at the house, haven't battled the fog yet. It looked a little thicker this morning, so uh, I hung here for just a little while longer before I make that venture into the office. My golly, as I turn around, I do see a little bit. It's a little hazy on our end of 27. Nothing I'd call thick fog, but like I've always said, you kind of have the acid test coming in from Country Club, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's usually, if it's going to be foggy, it's going to be foggy out here. And I understand. Well, today's numbers start out with a postmortem on yesterday. The Dow was off by 85 points yesterday, which is negative but not catastrophic. Uh, Standard & Poor's up by about 14.5, and NASDAQ is seeing a little bit of a recovery here, up 201.5 points yesterday. Is there any chance that could continue based on the interest rate stabilizing this morning? You know, right now it definitely looks like it, at least, uh, you know, looking at the – at the futures, we're, we're definitely getting some upward movement and, uh, and glad to see it after, um, you know, last week's, um, well, even part of this week. You know, it was just really volatile. And so we're, we're glad to see some green ink on the NASDAQ. Yeah, better. You know, it's kind of brutal on NASDAQ for the last couple of weeks, as a matter of fact. Affecting the markets today a little bit, data that we got yesterday, we had a housing report come in yesterday. And oom gala, did we have a miss, huh? Yeah, pending home sales index dropped 10.6%, Dave. Um, that was substantially more than the 3.1 that was expected. And, you know, if you look back to the month before in January, it's down 2.4%. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping March is going to turn around because that's a pretty big slot. Oh, yeah, it'll take an early spring for the uh, weather-sensitive states in a heartbeat. i got to believe, looking at the curvature on the markets, that a lot of investors were saying, well, it just had to be weather creaming things across the south and the usual winter blahs up north because it really didn't affect the markets a tenth as much as I would expect that kind of a miss to. Yeah, definitely right. There is no, no missing here. We're, uh, we're moving in the right direction. Absolutely. The thing that starts out on our Thursday morning every week is uh, unemployment claims, our snapshot as to how the jobs picture is like. Uh, One of the numbers roughly on target. The other one was at least a measurable miss. We were expecting, I had 680,000 first-time claims as the expected, and we got 719,000 first-time jobless claims last week. It's a disappointment, but it isn't a monstrous one like the housing number was. 
No, it's not. It, but it but that does uh, reverse the trend that we had kind of been seeing, which was moving downward. We're picking, you know, we, we've we've come back and we're going back up again. So, you know, it'll be next week will be kind of the key indicator there. Are we continuing to go up or are are we just in a zigzag pattern? Yeah, one one week doesn't make a trend, but if it continues for two or three weeks, you start at least raising your eyebrows and expressing a little concern. Continuing claims pretty darn close to being not, uh, to being right on target. 3.79 million continuing unemployment claims in the country, and that's pretty darn close to what the economists were expected, according to what I read. It, yeah, it is, and it's it's down just a tad from where it was last month, which is good. It's going in the right direction. Absolutely. California is starting to reopen a little bit. Universal Studios Hollywood due to open in about a week and a half. That's going to help the unemployment uh, claims situation a little bit. And with the rest of the company country opening up a little bit, first-time claims would expect to go down. Continuing claims we would expect to go down as well. I got to believe with the reopening going on, we're going to start looking at and affecting the market more and more by the unemployment claims picture. Uh, I think those are those should be good news items coming out. Um, I think the other side of the of the coin now is going to be what's happening in Washington. You know what tax increases, what spending is going to go on, and how's the market going to react to that? Because um, it's a pretty big bill that the um, president's working on right now, something to the tune of two trillion dollars. And, and it was and that's half of it. That's only half I of it. Dave. It was less less impressed at the end of the day as it started getting fleshed out, and they talked about the notion of step number one, the big income tax increase on the corporate rate. But then the rumor got out that they were thinking about trying to put it through under reconciliation, where the Senate only needs a fifty-one vote majority. And that was kind of when that story came out. Was kind of when I saw the markets turn downward yesterday at the end of the afternoon because they were hopeful. I suspect that the Senate would kill anything that was uh, untowardly aggressive on the on the income tax rate, and then they talked about reconciliation, and everything started hitting south for a couple of hours. Yeah, it, it did, and that's where you you know you you hope that the guy from West Virginia is uh, you know ultra financially conservative, fiscally re you know responsible that uh, that he might part ways with his Democratic buddies. And Manchin has a tendency to do that on matters economic. He'll tend to follow the uh, Democratic Party line on social issues. But as far as economic stuff, he really does vote more like a Republican more often than not. That's right. And so, and you know, he may be the key thing uh, in the Senate when it comes to uh, this spending money. And then I've heard back and forth that the, the Republicans are willing to give a little. Um, you know, instead of taking the corporate tax rate to 28, take it to 25. Um, so we're already seeing, you know, blog posts and articles on, on and interviews on what, what companies are saying that they're pushing for. As we're talking about, you know, three major stimulus payments gone out and other infrastructure and uh, governmental aid payments over the last 12 months between the, the two Trump ones and now the Biden one. I, I, I got to believe a tax increase of some sort is baked into every investor's strategy by now. Uh, I would think so, because it's definitely coming. It's, it I mean, has to. 
Yeah, there isn't much of a choice in the process. And then with the rising interest rates, that almost guarantees a bigger tax increase because, as we've been saying, an interest rate ticks up by a, a little bit. That ends up increasing the federal debt payment load even farther as time goes on. And looking outward, as those bonds renew, you look at a half percent increase in the 10 or the 20 or the 30-year bond, and that's going to increase our debt payments considerably as well as those bonds renew. That's right, and that's uh, I've been preaching that now for a while, and that's a big concern of mine. Um, when we start doing retirement planning and tax planning, you know, what do we need to be looking at going forward? Because it's not going to be the folks that make four hundred thousand dollars or more that are going to be affected. It's going to be all of us. Um, it doesn't matter what income level you're at; you're going to see increases in some way, shape, or form. Uh, yeah, I think the word slam dunk applies there, doesn't it? <laughs> there were a couple of reports that came out this morning from companies that are uh, giving quarterly reports. Do we have any good news? I know one of them in the chip-making industry, while we were talking before I went on the air, was kind of a pleasant surprise given all the news stories about chip shortages and whatnot. Yeah, we did. We had Micron Technology. They're the chip manufacturer. Um, they came in at 98 cents a share, which was three cents um, better than expectations. Uh, revenue was just a little bit above expectations, not, not, a, not a slam dunk there, but they've had supply chain issues. Um, they did issue, though, Dave, an upbeat forecast um, because of the elevated demand for semiconductors, right? I mean, it's a big deal. People can't get chips, so that gives them some pricing power. Um, and so that's, um, that's helping them out this morning. Uh, they closed yesterday up almost 2%, and right now they're up almost another 4%. Wow. Yeah, yeah, the concern level on chips. I mean, you know, if folks haven't seen the sidebar stories, a couple of truck manufacturers have been making trucks without chips in them, and they're just putting putting them out in the parking lot waiting until they can get the uh, chips to plug into the computers and actually start the doggone things. It's, it's, it's messing up industries you wouldn't stereotype as being electronically related, but doggone it all, what we drive today depends upon a computer, too. Oh, yeah, and, and I saw a couple articles that several plants are closing down for the weekend because they just don't have chips. So, yeah. um, you know, it's supply chain issues again. Yeah, exactly. You can only use a tow truck to put so many in the storage a lot, and then you're out of space there, too. That's right. Hey, the other one I have, Dave, is CarMax. Um, the auto retailer came out, uh, $1.27 a share. Um, basically, revenue was in line with expectations. Um, they are going to uh, acquire, um, I guess they own part of Edmunds, which is a publication, and you can go online and look up pricing and that kind of stuff. Um, and so they're going to finish buying the rest of it. So they'll own it 100%. Um, so they are, uh, they're not liking it, though, because they're actually down about 4% after closing down yesterday, 2.3%. So, um, you know, a little over 6% in two days right now. I was kind of wondering when you told me CarMax had pretty much done what they were supposed to be doing, and I'm seeing them on my big loser list today. Buying a company is not impressing their stockholders much at all, is it? No, it's, it's really not. And, you know, today's world, you know, just doing what you're supposed to do doesn't, doesn't get you any brownie points. you got to go over and above. Yeah, and you have to have good guidance, evidently, on this earnings season, don't you? <laughs> it looks that way. Definitely Absolutely. Looks that way. Like we said, a little mixed bag yesterday, not a bad one, and a recovery on the index we really wanted to see recover a bit. 45 minutes before we throw real money around this morning, Philip, what are we doing on Wall Street? 
Hey, we've got, uh, at least on the stock index side, we've got Green Inc., which you got to be happy about that. Uh, we've got the S&P 500 uh, up four-tenths. We've got the Dow 30 uh, up just slightly over a tenth of a percent. But then you look at the NASDAQ, especially NASDAQ 100, it's, uh, it's up 1.1%, uh, $144 right now. Small caps up almost a half a percent. So a lot of good news uh, when it comes to the index side. Commodity side, it's uh, I'd say it's a mixed bag right now, Dave. We've got silver down uh, three-tenths of a percent. Gold's up a quarter of a percent. Crude oil, man. Uh, you know, yesterday's close must have been nice because we're up almost 2% right now, Dave, and that puts us at $60.33 a barrel. So we closed under 60 last night. Yeah, I'm not particularly happy to see that increased number because my delayed quote still has it under 60, which means it's going in the wrong direction fast on crude oil. <laughs> yeah, very fast. I don't like your instant tick this morning. <laughs> Overseas markets, Asia was evenly up, basically on the strength of our NASDAQ improvements yesterday, we suspect. Europe's a mixed bag, just a little either side of the zero market with no, with no trend really in evidence so far. Philip, I know we're going to miss tomorrow. Is the market going to be open for a half a day on Good Friday? I thought that was my memory. You know, I didn't even look. I mean, I'm going to be out of town, so I, I didn't even look to see what uh... – Okay. what the market does tomorrow. I, I'm thinking it closes early on, on Good yeah. Friday. Um, I, know, I know it closes early. I didn't remember whether it closed early or whether it's closed completely, but uh, we'll be here tomorrow morning. You won't be, so I want to wish you and your family a, a blessed and a happy Easter and Resurrection Day weekend. You too. Have a blessed day. We're going to go spend it with the grandchild up in Tennessee and uh, you know, kind of watch that first Easter egg hunt uh, up there on Saturday. So looking forward to that. A little cooler weather, that's but you're going to have cooler weather here too. Yeah, we are. And, oh, that's right. You've got a new grand bubble to be able to watch hunt Easter eggs, don't you? All right. So, uh, hey, folks, listen. If, uh, you know, one of the things that I've realized over uh, the last couple of years is that people don't really know how much risk they have in their current portfolio. And that's vitally important the closer you get to retirement. If you're not absolutely sure how much risk you have in your portfolio, give us a call at 863. 382-0037 to uh, walk through our financial x-ray process. Uh, join us online at statlerfinancial.com. We've got a workshop coming up in a couple of weeks. You can go to the events tab and register there. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730. All righty, and we will be here tomorrow morning to update folks as to what's going on tomorrow morning at this time. Happy Easter to you, and we'll catch you next week, all right? All right, man. You too. You have a great weekend. Thank you much, sir. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and, and listening to uh, Dave and I on the morning show. I love doing this, putting out good information for folks but listen, it is still vitally important, like I said, that if you don't know exactly how much risk you have in your current portfolio, give us a call and let's just do a gut check. What does it look like for you? Is it the right amount of risk for you? Do you need to make changes and tweaks or are you good where you're at? The only way to know is to do a financial x-ray of your current portfolio. To do that, just give us a call at 863-382-0037. Hey guys, have a blessed day. Easter weekend, and I'll talk to you again on Tuesday. Bye now.